This is Iron Sports 95.9, We're glad to have Justin Watson, wide receiver for the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congratulations, Justin, on your great win, and thanks for coming on Iron Sports. Hey, thank you, guys, and thanks for bringing me on the show. It's, it's been such a fun uh, couple weeks. Tell us a little about that boat parade yesterday, I mean, the, from last week. Um, it seems it got a little crazy. At least the Lombardi Trophy is still above ground. Did not, they weren't going to have to send a submarine to try to find it from the bottom of the Tampa Bay Bay. Oh, man, it was too much. You know, they, uh, we had to do a boat parade to keep things socially distant, um, so we couldn't do the bus parade. But I, mean, I think that boat parade was even better than any, any bus parade I've seen um, you know, we were just totally blown away. We didn't know that any uh, other boaters were going to be out there. So to see, I mean, there had to be a hundred other boats around us, behind us, uh, cutting in and out, throwing footballs back and forth to us, and and then uh, you obviously saw Tom throw to Cambrade, and man, that was that was a scary throw. I've seen Tom thread the needle a few times, but I don't think there's any throw uh, scarier than that one that I've seen all year. Were you on the boat that he was throwing it to? Like, would you been nervous if he was throwing it to you? That would have been a lot of extra pressure, I guess. Yeah, I put us, I, I'm always happy to be on the receiving end from Tom, but, uh, man, that, I, that was Cam Bright uh, who secured that one. He's got maybe the best hands on the team, so it was a good person to toss it to. Well, we started, I interviewed you, I guess it was last January before the national championship game between LSU and Clemson. And, uh, and so it was like, there was a rumor that Brady was coming, but then he actually did. And that was the excitement. So just talk about in terms of what it was like to be a wide receiver on the team with, with a Tom Brady throwing to you and, and what he, when he, the moment he, you know, you heard about him and, and what he brought to that team. Yeah, it's been a crazy 12 months since the last time I talked to you. I know the last time we spoke about, um, you know, would Tom Brady potentially come, and I thought, uh, no way. I thought there's no <laughs> way he was coming down. Um, you know, it just seems surreal for a guy like that to ever leave New England. You know, he talked about it. You know, he was married to New England for 20 years and the same people and same staff, same uniform, and so you never thought he could play anywhere else. Um, so when we signed him, I think the first thing he brought was just a belief. Um, you know, there, there used to be a sign that hung up on our facility that said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. And I think that's winning and losing the NFL. You know, a lot of teams come into the game and aren't sure if they can beat the Bucks, aren't sure if they can beat the Chiefs. And they've lost the game before they even step on the field. But when we got Tom the offseason. We started working out with him. We knew, hey, this guy knows how to win. And if we got him, we got a chance. And so I think... He, first and foremost, just brought a belief, and then he knows what it takes. You know, from the first time we threw um, back in May, you know, he had started coaching. He started the process. You can tell he's been through the process. He was very, uh, very nice, uh, just wanted to make everyone comfortable, wanted everyone to feel like he was approachable. Um, those first couple throwing sessions, and then each month it would build. Each month it got a little bit more serious to the point where we were in December, January, February. You know, we knew there was time that there no – no more mistakes were, uh, were allowed, and, and we couldn't hold anything back. And, and uh, so it was just really cool to see him set the pace um, really for our whole offense this year. Yeah, and then there's always that comment that people say, well, he's 43 years old, he doesn't have the arm strength. I mean, you're someone who's probably caught more balls from him in the past year than, than almost anybody. <laughs> I mean, tell us about his arm strength and the, and the doubts. I mean, from my perspective, it seems like he's throwing the ball harder than he's ever thrown. But, but what's your opinion of his, of, his, of his questions, any questions they have about his arm strength? Well, that's what I thought was so cool to see. I think he threw 
the ball down the field and had more 30-plus yard completions than he's probably had in the last 10 years um, playing in our offense. And I'm telling you, there's there's something to that TB12 sports and uh, his, his uh, trainer, Alex Guerrero. Um, you know, he opened up a TB12 sports location here in Tampa, and he let all the uh, anyone on the team that wanted to go could, could go there for free. And so we we went the whole year, pretty much all the receivers and the tight ends. And, uh, man, I mean, was, I think it was the first year Mike Evans played um, in every game of a season. And it just was amazing seeing how fresh we were for the Super Bowl. So, like I said, seeing how hard he works, uh, you know, on the field, off the field, with his trainer, um, it's incredible what he does. But, man, I'm telling you, there's something to that TB12 method. <laughs> That's great. And you started the year out great. You had two catches against in the week two against Carolina for 48 yards. And then in week four against the Chargers, you had four catches for 40. So you had to, you you know, you started out running because you had injuries to Evans was injured. Godwin had some injuries and there was no Antonio Brown at the beginning of the year. So you played a key role in some of those early wins in the season. Yeah, it was, you know, that's what I keep thinking about it, how, how lucky I am, um, you know, getting to start two games on a team that went on to win the Super Bowl and, and so, uh, like I said, in those first couple of weeks, I did what I love and, and receiver, I played receiver, caught a lot of passes. And then after we signed Antonio, um, you know, it's, that's what it, what makes football so great. It's a team sport. And, and so, you know, he started playing a lot more at receiver and I started playing more just uh, you know, my role on special teams. And so, uh, you know, certainly I love playing receiver, but more than anything, it was uh, awesome to get a win uh, and, and win in the Super Bowl. And so, like I said, for me, uh, having to adapt my role and, and become more of a special teams guy um, once we signed Antonio was uh, was a no-brainer. Well, it's no shame to have to take a step back when when Antonio Brown comes in, who has uh, you know led the league in receptions five, the past five years. But uh, that was talk about when he came in. Like you, you know, that was weird. You bring someone like Antonio Brown in in the middle of the year with a team that it's just it, it, you're not really used to playing anyway. It must have been just a, a challenge to get him integrated into the offense. Yeah, well, you know, it was just uh, he kind of came in, and it was right when we hit a little bit of a rough patch in the middle of the season. You know, I think his first week was uh, when we played the Saints uh, the second time here at home, and you know we lost, you know, thirty-eight to three, and uh, we got blown out, and then we ended up losing three out of four. So there was a big moment in the season where that's you know the wind started shifting. A lot of people were saying, "Hey, you know, maybe it's going to take two years for this to finally work out." You know, maybe this isn't year and uh, that's what it, what's hard you know as a football team is it's such a long season that you have to you know deal with the ups and the downs and so we just stuck to each other Antonio kept learning the offense kept getting better and uh, and he was great he was nothing but professional in, in his time here and made some really big catches down the stretch um, on the Super Bowl run yeah, and I, I noticed that. I mean, in terms of the wide receivers, I mean, some games Evans played a role, and, and even in the Super Bowl, he, you know, they said only caught one pass, but he, had, he drew three pass interference penalties, the three that were very important. And then how Godwin played, Scotty Miller came up with some big catches. You mentioned Cameron Brake. You have Rob Gronkowski, yourself. It's like all of you played a role. It was definitely a receiving core by, by team rather than just one person who's going to catch the ball 100 uh, catches for the season. Absolutely. I think in the past couple of years, we've had receivers put up crazy numbers. You know, we had two uh, thousand yard receivers last year. Chris had something like 10 touchdowns last year. And, and so we've had receivers that put up huge stat numbers in the past, but we've never made the playoffs. We've never won. And so I think when we finally got to this year, it was, hey, we're all in on winning. You know, if, 
if Mike ends up with a thousand yards, great, um, and we're happy that he got it. But at the end of the day, everyone in our offense and in our receiver room was committed to whatever it takes to win. So that's what it was cool. You never saw Mike complain. You never saw Chris complain. You know, those are guys that on any other team, um, you know, would have seven, eight, nine, ten targets a game. And it was just cool. You know, Mike would end the game with two catches, two receptions, two yards, uh, and two touchdowns. And then you wouldn't hear a word out of him. Uh, so it's just great seeing you know, a future Hall of Famer like Mike um, be so selfless and, and set the pace for our offense. And it must have been also challenging um, in terms of dealing with the COVID and all the restrictions. And the idea is you couldn't have the extra practice and do all those things, the limitations. And that's what I think when you mentioned earlier about it, people thought it would take two years. It's like, well, you didn't really have the proper training camp. You didn't have the proper off-season workouts. But it's amazing that you guys were able to come together so fast, uh, quickly, in, in a cohesive unit uh, to be able to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's funny just how mindset changes things. You know, everyone else was thinking that COVID was going to be um, something that hurt us, that would put us behind. But uh, from the very beginning, the first time we threw with Tom and that with Tom, you know, he said, hey, we're going to use this to our advantage. He got everyone. He found a field that we could all work out at twice a week. Um, you know, we were throwing most of the off season. He was already telling us things that he likes, he doesn't like um, on certain routes. And so we thought between getting the extra work in the off season and uh, just staying committed to being healthy all year, that COVID could actually be a, a benefit uh, to us. And it's just, it was cool. Man. I remember week two against Carolina, I ran a shake route um, down near the goal line and Tom brought up something that I did that I, we hadn't talked about literally since June when we threw at a high school field in Tampa. It was the last time we talked about it. And I just remembered it and, and did it the way he wanted to. And it was just cool. Finally, you know, seeing a real moment where work in the off season translated right to results in the field. Wow, that's great. We're talking to Justin Watson, wide receiver for the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you're also a champion. You were an Ivy League champion at Penn tw- two years, so you're now you're a three-time champion. Um, but uh, And in terms of the fact, I was the primetime game Monday, November 23rd against the Rams, losing 27-24. Then I was at the game you lost to the Chiefs, 27-24. But I, I've always said that, that it was in, in the, after the second quarter, I was sitting right behind the Bucks bench, and it just seemed like, Tom and the, and the coaching staff and your players were like, you're down in the game, you're losing. It was like 17 nothing in the first quarter. Tyreek Hill had 200 yards. And you're just like, we're not going to get blown out of this game. We're going to fight back in the game. And I think that was literally not just the, the bye week, but it was that that second quarter was the turning point of the season. Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, we got in at halftime and we had a decision to make. Are we just going to lay down and, and say this game's over or are we going to fight? because um, that's what we always said all year, that no matter what, we were going to keep fighting. And so when we came running back and uh, ended up only losing to by three to the Chiefs uh, right before the bye and really had a chance to win it at with our last uh, offensive possession, uh, we knew, hey, we could beat anybody. If if we played about as bad as we could possibly play for the first quarter, giving up 200 yards to Tyree Kill, uh, didn't have a first down the whole first quarter, if we can – overcome that and almost beat these guys then we could beat anybody and so it's just like funny like how you said you know a loss um can give you that type of confidence you know just because of how we responded on the second quarter and we knew we could come back on anybody and we had to do that a few times uh, down the stretch to get into the playoffs 
and the gauntlet in your playoffs from, well, Washington was the first game, but then to go uh, to play New Orleans at New Orleans, win that game, and then you go to Green Bay uh, and face Aaron Rodgers, and you're used to the cold weather. You grew up in Pittsburgh. You went to the University of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, but it was, you know, people were writing Tampa off saying, well, you're not, you know, the team is a, is a Florida team. They're not ready for the cold temperatures, but you seem to adapt well, and, and that's where you, you played, so the team played great in that game. Yeah, it's funny. You said I'm I'm from Pittsburgh and I grew up in Pennsylvania, but I think I'm a Florida boy now. I like <laughs> I like the sunshine and the 80 degree weather for football. But I think uh, what you mentioned that Saints game that was that was the really the big game for us. Um, you know, they're a team that's had our number the last three years, especially the two years that BA has been here. And you know, we were 0 and 4 against them in the last uh, in two seasons in the regular season, and and really none of those four games were all that close. And uh, so that was a team that hey, we really got to prove to ourselves that if we could beat these guys, we could beat anybody. And uh, so just to see the way that we came out and played, the defense uh, with turnovers, offense making plays when they had to, and, and just a team effort, that was the one that once we won that one, uh, we knew we were going into a team, Green Bay, that we had a great game plan for uh, during the regular season and executed it again. And then, uh, man, the, just too many things came together in the Super Bowl, you know, between – uh, playing at home, everyone being healthy, getting the whole team back, um, and just man, it, it's just such an advantage. Us driving ten minutes down the street, playing a stadium that we've played in, uh, you know, for the last few years for me, and, and for a lot of our guys longer than that. I mean, a lot of people during the year they made it. They made the point that. Uh... Uh, Coach Arians, Coach Leftwich, and Tom Brady weren't on the same page, and they kept saying, "No, we're on the same page, and we're, we're working through it. It's a process." And of course, they were right. I mean, you, you definitely were on. But it was like, did you hear that? You know, the noise outside where people saying, "Oh, they're not on the same page. They, it's the wrong situation. It's the wrong system. He can't play this way." I mean, it was like you must have heard those things. And, and how did the team like react to the fact that people were saying things which you, of course, didn't didn't have, wasn't true? Yeah, well, it was, uh, I guess it's things like that that you hear from the outside, um, you can put away to the side easily because you see it every day in practice. And so I think you you probably saw it even uh, as you know, a fan or reporter watching. Um, our, the first few weeks we ran the same offense that we ran the year before and that BA's always ran. And once Tom fully knew our offense and we started getting comfortable with uh, what we were doing, you know, slowly each week, you know, there'd be one or two more plays that Tom would add in, you know, a few things during the two-minute drill that Tom liked to do that were good ideas. And so you just saw each week we'd add something. Each week uh, we'd met Saturday night before the game, and Tom would have all the offensive skill players just talking about, hey, hand signals. We might not use them this week, but just each week we're going to talk about them because one day we're going to know we're going to need to use them. And so it was uh, – he had a plan the whole year, and – he was installing things with us each week on Saturday nights. And then uh, eventually you'd see them show up in the game plan. And then, you know, one day, you know, one Sunday you'd be looking at Tom and he'd give you a signal for the first time that I'm not even sure the coaches knew about. <laughs> and, you know, you'd, you'd run a, a new route or a hot route. And then, uh, you know, in the film room, they'd, you know, you'd have to explain, hey, you know, Tom, Tom gave me, uh, told me to do this. And that, that got me out of a lot of, uh, a lot of jams with the coaching staff this year, just saying, "Hey, Tom, Tom says to do this." <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I went and I, I went to the Super Bowl. I drove there without a ticket, and uh, luckily, a friend, like at five thirty, got me guys that I have a ticket. I was like so excited, so I sat behind the Bucks bench. 
And what I noticed was just the supreme confidence. I sat between Vita Vea behind where Veda was sitting and, and Sue and the rest of the defense. And I just you did not look like a team that was facing the, the greatest offensive in the history of the NFL and, and Patrick Mahomes and all those. It, it seemed like you guys had a plan, on at least on defense, and knew exactly what you were going to do. And, and, and it was just after every time the defense came back to the bench, it was just, we know what we're doing. We're confident. It was almost, I was comparing it to Ali uh, when Will Smith played the character Ali when he was fighting George Foreman and Zaire. It was like, I just know what I'm doing. We, we have this under control. Um, did you sense that during the week before the Super Bowl in terms of the overall confidence like you had this figured out and you knew what you had to do to win the game? Yeah, so actually, um, you know, we had two of our starting safeties uh, go down the week of Green Bay. And so towards the end of the stretch, I was actually learning um, our defense and, and how to play safety just in case. You know, those two safeties couldn't dress, that I could be, you know, a reserve guy and, and play uh, special teams and, and back up at safety. And so I got to sit in on a lot of those defensive meetings. And, man, I, we just got to give uh, a lot of credit to Todd Bowles, our you know, defensive play caller. He, he put so much time into this Kansas City uh, game plan, and he had us in calls that, you know, just uh, – he, he made it so easy for us. The keys, you know, even for a guy that had been playing safety for two weeks at that point, I felt like I was confident to go in and know what I was supposed to do and felt like I had a good idea of what they were going to run in every formation they were in, wherever they put Tyreek Hill, have an idea of what he was doing. So he just, he just did a great job of preparing the defense and uh, putting our best players in positions to make plays. Uh, that's amazing. So here we're um... – you're, to let, let our listeners understand, you're you're a wide receiver on the team, and they're putting you in for the biggest game of the year as a potential defensive player. That's amazing to think that. Uh, but of course, when you had the year of COVID and with injuries and everything, that was something. But that's uh, that's tremendous that you actually were 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 practicing with the defense and getting ready for the game. Yeah, so it was. Uh, you know, I guess if you make enough tackles uh, on special teams at receiver, then they might start trying you out uh, all over the field. But, yeah, it was it was a really just cool experience and opportunity getting to learn a little bit of the other side of the ball. And uh, and then that way, I, mean, I felt like I knew every play that was happening in the game. I knew what was going on offense. I knew what was going on on defense, special teams. So it was, uh, it was a really cool experience for me. And it seemed like during the game, it, it, the team had so much composure. Uh, it, again, I was there and I saw the Chiefs. I mean, at one point, I saw them yelling at the referees and yelling at themselves. And, and Tom sometimes, I think, would do quick snaps and just snap the ball when he saw the, the, the Chiefs players weren't even facing the, the, the field. They were, like, yelling at a referee. It just seemed your comp- the, the Bucks' composure was just uh, – there was no – everything seemed just, I would say, composure, confidence. Those are uh, adjectives I would describe to the team. I think I totally agree with you, and I think a lot of that comes from us leaning on guys like Tom and Gronk, guys who have been there. You know, most of the Chiefs players. You know, this was a lot of the same team that played in the Super Bowl last year, and for us, we just had a few players that had ever made the playoffs, let alone playing a Super Bowl. But uh, Tom and Gronk really just uh, we leaned on them a lot, and uh, Tom, and he's just a gamer. You know, he <laughs> he finds things like quick snaps uh, to give us an advantage. You know, even that touchdown that Antonio Brown ran. You know, I remember watching and I was like, "Wow, I don't know. I don't even know what route that was." You know, I, I feel you know I had been playing safety for a week. I was like, "Did they already install a new route?" <laughs> and then he gets off to the sideline, and Antonio's eyes are huge, and he's like, "Man, Tom in the huddle, he just said, get open, and I'll throw it to you. Just, just get open, run whatever route you want, and I'll throw it to you.'" 
And so that wasn't, we didn't even have a route called there. That was just Tom telling Antonio, like in the backyard, hey, man, get open. I'm going to throw you a touchdown if you get one on one coverage. Well, that was the play that I saw Tyrone Matthew just, as in, he was yelling at the referee about the previous play. And so he was a step slow. I mean, he, you could see where he came up on Brown, but that was where, I mean, I guess that's, he saw that Matthew was just yelling at everybody and not paying attention. So that was. Uh, great on his part. But uh, when you just mentioned Gronkowski, and I would, my listeners would kill me if I didn't bring this up, what was it like to play with Gronk for a year? Because that, I mean, definitely a character, and, and when he came through big time in the Super Bowl. Yeah, man, he, it's just, he's a guy that's just so fun to, to be around, uh, whether practice, game, offseason. Uh, you know, he just... He's in, I think, in his ninth year, and he just plays like you know with a passion and a love for the game, like he's a rookie. You know, he just he wanted to know all the guys, um, and like I said, just getting to know him as as a person. He's exactly like you would expect him to be from the TV personality. You know, he's goofy, he jokes, he messes with people, um, and so it was a uh, man. It's, it's been a pleasure playing with Gronk, and man, we really hope he's back for another run next year. That's great. That's great. Well, Justin, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're exhausted. It was an exhausting season, an exhausting couple of weeks, but thank you a lot for coming on. And uh, so what do you do for your off season? Do you go, where do you go to train and how do you get ready for the next season to come back and, and doing everything? Yeah. So uh, it, it'll be a lot of the same. I think from last year, you know, we're still waiting on uh, whether or not OTAs are going to happen or not. They got canceled last year. Um, so I guess we're just waiting on the NFLPA and, and the NFL trying to figure out if there's a way that we can safely participate in OTAs. So it's just a matter of uh, getting ready and whether we got to be ready uh, in the middle of April or if we got to be ready for a training camp come July. Well, that's great. Well, again, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it was it's just exciting. Uh, to, to, I saw two of your games. I saw, I saw both the Chiefs games. And uh, it was just a tremendous uh, experience to be there at the Super Bowl. And I'm sure being as you with this team and being involved with it. So, again, thank you so much for coming on Iron Sports. Ira, thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.